Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. WWE Draft Night 2. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, October 12th, 2020. We are here to talk WWE Raw, and we are here to talk WWE Raw with Denise Salcedo. How you doing, Denise? I'm back. I'm doing great. You Excited are? Excited to be here talking. Yeah, I'm doing great. We're just glad that you're here. Uh, we already have Super Chats rolling in. Anakin JMT says, glad to hear you and your fiance are okay, Denise. His pictures look bad, and Ed Call says, "Denise, glad you and your fiance are doing all right. You were in a bit, you were in a fender, but more than a fender bender. You all were in a wreck last week, and we're really glad that you're okay, or that you're right after SmackDown too. Or I that, was just, yeah, that you're doing, you're you're physically here. I know you're you're banged up quite a bit. Well, my back hurts. It's been hurting all day, especially being on this office chair. It's been annoying. Like I can't lean back." Or, like, the second I start hunching, the top of my back hurts. Uh, I kind of feel old now. I feel, like, 10 years older than I was. But for the most part, I think we're okay. Um, but I was thinking, Sean, you almost lost your drawing power, your star of your post-Raw shows, Denise Salcedo. That could have been it. Denise, <laughs> what would come you have on. Done? <laughs> come on. Really? You're going to say that after the name that I told you that I got for our prediction show? Are you That's ki- very true, actually. Are you ki- That's I'll, very true. I'll go ahead and announce it. You know what? I was thinking, I was thinking, you know what? I, I need to have Denise on a prediction show. She hasn't been on there for a while. And I was like, man, Helena Cell's coming up soon. We got these matches. We got Drew and Orton. But more importantly, we got Sasha and Bailey. So who should I get for the prediction show? I got Izzy! I want Izzy to bury Bailey. That way we can clip it and then post it on YouTube. Uh, I'm very glad to uh, welcome her. She actually hit us up when we were looking for podcast talent. I'm always interested in bringing people on for prediction show. She contacted us. And I was like, you know what? Saw that kid cut a promo last year, a wrestling promo. And it was better than a lot of them that I see these days. So we're going to have her on the prediction show in a couple weeks. As long as the timing all works out. 
But guys, the timing worked out if you all are here. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. I dropped my Deanna Perrazzo interview today. I'm going to limit the plugs. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I got news on Ben Carter and who is courting him right now. Had news on a big blow up, big blow up at the GCW Collective on Sunday. Some frustrations uh, from trainees at NXT because people aren't following protocols. Some frustration with higher-ups in NXT because of the the unfortunate luck they've had. FightfulSelect.com. And right now, we're giving you a free preview. Every week, I mention the Weekender podcast, which covers NXT UK, indie wrestling, basically the stuff you don't see covered on Fightful.com's post shows. Steven Jensen covers there. He did an almost two-hour review of the GCW Collective, and we're making that a free preview show. It is up on the podcast feed. It is up on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Hot diggity dog. Hey, what year? Hey, hey, you can't say that anymore. You're being sued. Do you not remember? (sighs) I don't know what motivated you to do that, Denise. What do you mean, what motivated me to do that? Let me see. You stole my identity. You claimed that I was dumb enough to vote for Kanye West in the presidential elections. You told people not to follow me on Instagram. And then, well, oh, oh, here's a big one. You almost broke my friendship up with Jeremy Lambert on last week's Raw when you lied to my face and told me that Jeremy Lambert was talking smack about me. I hit him. I got him fired. I hit him up on Twitter to find out that it was a lie. That was from a super chat. That wasn't for me. I am a bad friend. Somebody said that in a super chat. That wasn't even me. And it's not my fault that you're dumb enough to vote for Kanye West. That's your own problem. I didn't vote for Kanye West. Well, you know what they say, Denise. What? So that's why I'm mad. That's why Mickey Mouse is suing you. And Disney is going to come down on Sean Ross app. As a wise man once said, Denise, drug dealer by Jordan, crackhead by crack. And Vince McMahon gets paid off of all of that. We got some super chats. Send them, get your question, get your statement read on the air. And I can't tell you how important those are. If you're tuning in on a Wednesday, and even I'm not around, they might not get pushed as much or or other shows. But if you do that, it truly helps us. helps us pay our staff, all that good stuff. But Colt Badeau says, I'm dead. Truth just told Charlie Caruso she's been drafted to NXT UK. Uh, but I do have Jeremy Lambert sending in the draft picks as they happen, so we will we will be talking about those. Throwback twenty seven says both interviews were killer. Good to see Denise and her fiance are okay. We're very glad. There are a lot of super chats about Ali and the lack thereof. He was supposed to like come out and explain things. Denise, he didn't. That was never announced, though, was it? Yeah, it was on the preview. Oh, man, I missed that. Well, I mean, honestly, that doesn't explain much because, if anything, I think we all would have expected some sort of explanation even if they didn't promote it. But the fact that they actually promoted it and that it didn't happen, well, that just means they forgot. Keith Palmer says, My God, what a promo for Molly. Brought a tear to my eye and restored faith in WWE. God, I almost threw up just typing that. Evan Wright said, 
What an amazing follow-up to the Mustafa Ali angle. Thank God for that TV time. Why should I be bothered to care when the company doesn't seem to? Well, I, I'm not going to jump on and judge anything like that. We are living in a very uncertain, scary time, and we don't know. And that's not me hinting that one or any of the members tested positive for COVID. I'm just saying stuff happens. Like, things happen, unfortunately, and um, I'm I'm not going to—I'll give WWE some leash there, but they need to follow up. And Colt Bedeau says, no follow-up with Ali, saving for next week's season premiere, I guess. I hope that's what they're doing. I did see a tweet because he quote retweeted when they made the announcement on social media and he put like, why would they invite Demise at their door or something like that? So that kind of just seemed, you know, a little bland. But either way, I think we definitely deserve some sort of something. I mean, especially after, you know, the way that Raw ended last week. It looked great having Mustafa Ali, you know, center and focus. And so now we need answers. We have a lot of of Denise-related super chats. Uh, (laughs) Because I'm the draw of the post-Raw Fightful show. When did you turn heel? I carried you through Quizzlemania, and you botched it for me. You botched it for me. You're the reason I'm not sitting there in front of 100,000 people every single week right now. (laughs) You know what? You could, you could, you know, no, you, you got, you got a job yourself. there. You got a job there off of riding my coattail. That should tell you everything. I can botch whatever I want, and I'm still the chosen one, still the phenomenal one, still the limitless one. The money here. <laughs> Jimmy Van sent me a super, or he didn't send me a super chat. He just. He said, don't sue him, Denise. Sean will ask me to pay his legal fees. He's done that wow. before. He's done Can't that even before. pay your own legal fees, SRS. What? I'm ashamed. WWE threatened to sue us, okay? Come on. Come on. Okay. But... All right, so there you go. You have experience. Now it's Disney. Uh, the Dash Royal says, what's the COVID-era rumble going to be like? It's going to be, I think, the same, just with limited fans, I believe. Well, at least think? now... I mean, God, that's going to suck. I didn't even think about that until right now. So now that I just read this comment, I feel like this dark cloud of sadness has washed over me because the Royal Rumble without that, you know, big, massive, oh, my God, moment is just it's a, it's a big element taken away from the from the show. Yeah, uh, guys, we are going to get to the draft picks at the end. I'm waiting for uh, draft picks to come in. Jeremy is updating me with them. So uh, we will. We will give you guys that information towards the end as we as we talk about all this because there's some wild stuff going on. Reminder, donate a super chat. That'll get your question or statement read on the air. Colt Bedeau says, RIP to Raw Underground. At least it was mentioned. I didn't hear it mentioned, but I don't blame them for waiting right now. They're, they they just had an outbreak. I, I don't see a benefit of it. If they got Daba Kato on Raw, I, I don't I don't think that it's done. Uh, Anakin JMT says, Denise turned heel with that pizza and ranch crap. Ugh, the stars that were coming out to support you. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Deanna Perrazzo, Ethan Page, Brian Pillman Jr. I was embarrassed of Brian Pillman Jr. Representing our beautiful state of Kentucky. And just with that ranch, he's too good for that. Brian, what are you doing? 
Sean, I have a question though. When you like order pizza on like your whatever website you order pizza on, do they not give you the option for the ranch? Because here we have commercials and the pizza's being dipped in the ranch. I just saw Papa John's commercial where they're dipping oh, in the ranch. Papa John okay, well first off, Papa John's is a Kentucky original. And it's trash. Even Papa they John's dip in sucks. Ranch. Yeah, but that's not the point. It's the point is that it's marketed, so it's a thing. It's like dipping your fries in ketchup. Okay, no, it is not the same. Not the I same. I beg to How? differ, and How? Britt Baker di- <laughs> Britt Baker differs on this opinion too. Diana Perrazzo, and can I? I should keep going. Queen Hannah says Denise has all read everything. I actually told her her little aesthetic there was really good before the show. So, uh, throwback wants you to speak in a British accent, Denise. Oh my God! Okay, hold on, Sean. Yeah. You are a smeg head, and Raw was pants today. You are pants today, and you're a smeg head. Oh God! Well, I think you're a, I think you're a smegosaurus. Hey, How about that one? But you don't even know what I'm talking about. Though. I know that Luke says smeg all the time. Luke you know, you want to know how words. I know? Because I kicked his ass so many times at Quizlemania, I would get answers right, and he'd go, "Oh, smeg." Oh, Smegasaurus. Oh, Smegaman. Oh, no. That was Luke. That was Luke. Great. Well, that was my big British. Oh, hello there, mate. Hello mm. there, governor. We, I don't we've know. got a show to talk about. Yeah. Uh, keep keep those super chats rolling. Uh, lots, of, lots of food-related ones in which we will get to. But, my God. Uh, the show kicked off, and throughout the show, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre fought. A lot. I love that Randy mentioned that Drew had not been pinned in almost a year. I love that. Drew reiterates it. But they fight all night long, including at the end of the Battle Royal. How'd you feel about this? I thought it was really heated. I think given the fact that they played it out through the rest of the night, really actually made it a thing instead of it just being sporadically. So I liked it, especially during the main event when I wasn't expecting it. And, uh, you know, considering that the main event wasn't like, you know, such a big deal, the fact that they sort of cut away from that to, you know, shine a light on what, you know, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre were beating the hell out of each other backstage. I actually like that. And if anything, I do like how they are sort of, if they're going to progress the storyline a lot longer, then they might as well do it in the way that they're doing it right now. So I don't really see a problem with it. Yep, I agree. I thought that this was pretty heated. And like I said, if if they're going to continue it, at least heat it up as much as they possibly can. And they did. They did, and I'm I'm fine with that. I thought this was pretty solid, but I I think they had to keep keep it up with something like this and show us that there's a reason. I still think that Orton should have pinned Drew, then challenged for the title before he ended up getting drafted to Raw under the guise of well, you might not have a chance to avenge this loss. But otherwise, I thought it was pretty good. Ed Call says, can't wait for the Drew-Randy feud to be over at this point. Is a Riddle-Keith Lee tag team possible? Yeah, I think it's very possible. They're they're friends as far as I know. Uh, I don't know how much has changed because, I mean, a lot of things have changed for for Matt Riddle, obviously, in his life of late. But, um, yeah, I think that's possible. And I, I get people being tired of this feud, Denise. I do get it as well. I feel like I'm more seeing it more on the bright side here. Because, I, again, I thought that I would be more sick of it. And I'm not going to lie and say that I'm super sick of it because I'm really not. So, um, 
Kevin Owens defeated Aleister Black. This was good. Owens is on a roll right now in the ring. Another match with these two. They both end up on SmackDown, not to spoil the draft, but they have a great pace, and there were just some spots that I gasped at, Denise. That Meteora through those chairs, holy cow. That was great. They did a lot of really good stuff during this match, and I almost felt like they were really uh, competing with La- with uh, SmackDown's opening match with, uh, oh man, I'm blanking here, with uh, Biggie and Sheamus in the False Count Anywhere match. The way they kicked off that match, I kind of felt like they were going that same direction with Raw this week, and um, I liked it. And honestly, every time Kevin Owens has been in the ring, it doesn't matter like what his match is. I feel like he brings a new energy to all of his Raw matches. You know, something that you rarely only see or you only see on pay-per-views. And I love the, the finish with the powerbomb through the table. That looked yes. absolutely sick and impactful. So overall, really fun match. If anything, I thought it was probably the best of the night. And uh, Owens has been doing that snap DDT lately, too, that I've really been enjoying. He did that on on chairs. This was good. Even that... that uh, that cannonball into the barricade was really good too. And he's been, he does that all the time. And every time he does it, I'm always like, Oh man, it looks extra cool this time. But I think this week actually topped all his previous ones. So I'm like, all right, if it's something that you're going to do all the time, then, you know, switch it up. And that's what he's doing. He's switching it up. He's making it more exciting. And the way that he did it onto the barricade, uh, that looked really sweet. Yeah. There was a lot of good wrestling on tonight's show. And I, I, I'm okay with them using, really, that last episode of SmackDown in this week as, hey, let's just throw some guys in there if they're not on the same brand whatsoever or whatever. I'm okay with that. This is a, kind of like a loophole night. Everybody's there. I'm fine with it. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, Denise didn't bring out the side ponytail for the Lakers. Also glad to see you're doing okay after the car accident. Yeah, congrats to the Lakers, especially after what happened with Kobe Bryant. And I'm happy for our dude Kyler James, our social media manager Kyler. That's his team. And as a Kentucky Wildcats fan, after a decade of John Calipari coaching us, this is the first player that he's coached at Kentucky to uh, win a national title, and that's or, or win an NBA title, and that's unbelievable. You're you're there in LA. Were you were you out partying last night, Denise? So no, but funny. Well, funny story. My uncle and his wife and his kids they went out and they were just in the car. They went out to Whittier Boulevard in East LA, which it wasn't as crazy as downtown LA, but it got crazy. Yeah. So this woman was twerking on the in, in the car in front of my aunt, and she flashed. And my little cousins were there, and they're like five and six. And I asked my little cousin today. He's a boy, and I was like, "What did you see?" He's like. I only saw a little bit, but my aunt was like screaming, cover their eyes, cover their Amazing. eyes. Amazing. saw this woman's tatas. Oh, um, <laughs> when, when Kentucky, when the University of Kentucky wins national titles, it goes crazy out here. Like it's, it's quite frankly, it gets stupid out here. And Oh, well, did you not see the videos from LA and all the stupid oh, would, things that were being I would seen? imagine. I would imagine. It was crazy, just like fireworks everywhere. The second the game ended, it just went off everywhere, and you can hear like all the like the car alarms ringing. It was kind of fun though, because it hasn't really felt that exciting here in the city, you know, in forever. Yeah, I would imagine. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat and says Joe Holbert's fake British accent is better. Sorry. Ooh, and then we've got some food-related ones. The Jam One Ryan B Jam says pizza dipping sauce is only for the crust, you heathen. Uh, Ultra Real says pizza and barbecue sauce is better than pizza and ranch. That is true. I have barbecue sauce replacing uh, pizza sauce sometimes. 
And then Anakin James, he says, fries and Wendy's Frosty is better than ketchup. And that's just demented. That is just creepy. No. No. Leave it. Leave a thumbs up, guys. Keep keep those super chats rolling. Ms. TV, uh, bless Ms. for doing his best to make sense of stuff. Because after he said that he got Mandy traded to Raw, he said, oh, gee, I wonder who influenced Fox and USA to break up heavy machinery. Could it possibly be somebody with a show on one of their networks? I appreciate it. You're going to hear me say over the next however long, Make it make sense. Miz made it made sense. make sense. The New Day thing, I don't get yet. And we'll talk about that later. But right now it doesn't make sense that they didn't just take all three of them and trade the one they didn't want. With Heavy Machinery, same thing. But then Miz comes out and says, I'm the reason they didn't do that. I like it, Denise. What did you think? First of all, I actually like this segment. I thought that Mandy Rose was very cool and collected through it all. So I sort of really liked the back and forth, especially between her and The Miz. I thought they played off of each other's, you know, personalities very well in this one. Yeah. I like Mandy Rose and Dana as a team. I want Dana featured more. Mandy is experienced as a tag team wrestler. They say there's no jealousy between them, and there will be no issue in the Battle Royal tonight. But I I like this. They're coming off as very likable, which is, you know, not very easy to always do. Like, you have to have something naturally in you that comes across as likable. And I feel like they are doing just that. I mean, both of them had that reputation of, oh, well, here's the really fit, pretty blonde girls. Vince McMahon loves those. But what we've seen is them work their asses off and get so much better and all that. And to me... You got to respect that. They could have rested on their laurels. They could have done a lot of stuff. And quite frankly, if they had done that, one or both might be out of a job right now after after this past April. But Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that they're not doing something, you know, like the Iconics were cuz that could have been very easy like two yes. blonde girls, let's have them do this mean cheerleader type of gimmick and that could have, you know, been their easy go-to. So I'm glad they're actually doing something different with them in that sense. So Lana and Natalia come out and trash talk, and a brawl breaks out. Vomit-inducing camera work ensues. And then Lars Sullivan shows up and beats the crap out of both guys. Uh, we got some super chats. Looney Lake says, Fox doesn't have a problem with Lars Sullivan being on the show after so many allegations? Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by allegations. There, there are allegations that he hit somebody up in the DMs and was creepy to him. This was decided long before that. There were not allegations that he said racial stuff. He did say racially insensitive stuff. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Several wrestlers have told me that he's done his best to make amends with that, but that's up to each person to decide. And then there was the stuff earlier this year that emerged, the video, that it's not even taken into consideration. They can't take that type of thing into consideration for any number of reasons. But yeah, this, this move was decided well before that. And Jose Flores says, all baggage aside, I don't care about Lars. Do you care about Lars, Denise? Oh, see, I'm not as nice as you are. I, I'm not a fan of this whatsoever. I'm not a fan of Lars Sullivan, so I'm sorry. I just, I don't care for, for it. And I get it, you know, people take second chances, but I'm just not feeling, I just feel like there could, 
it's just kind of it's hard for me like when there's guys like Velveteen Dream and Lars Sullivan like I'm just being honest when you hear of all this stuff that they've done or that's happened and you know it's just very hard for me to get into what they're doing get into their work and get behind them because personally I just can't get behind somebody like that or that I know of is in that light you know so that's just my personal take on all of this I'm not a fan whatsoever So that's just that. I mean, I know a couple people in WWE that were like, you know what? Uh, we don't think that that leaves somebody. Now, I, I do got to say, the Lars stuff and the Dream stuff, and those are categorically different things, way, way different things. Uh, neither good based on the allegations there. But I completely get when some people are like, I don't really want to even deal with Lars Sullivan. I, I understand it. Um I can tell you that I can't. I just don't think it's worth it, though, Sean. Like, sure. worth it, you know, sort of you know, defending somebody like that, especially like with the Valentine oh, sure. Dream situation. Sure. I don't see it as being worth it. Sure. And, I mean, I think that there are probably a lot of reasons why WWE would hold on to him because of his roller coaster last two years, the mental breakdown and the video that emerged that nobody in the company knew about. Nobody. I think they look at the optics of stuff and it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. They punished him for the racial comments, which they had to do. They had to do that. It was the right thing to punish him for that. Uh, He had the mental breakdown. They let him take time off. That was the right thing to do. They They didn't give him heat over the video that emerged. That was the right thing to do. But also, when you go and you use him... On TV, people are not going to for, are not going to forget about some of those controversies and some of those bad things. And even though I think WWE did a lot of right things here, it, it's it's hard for me to say that oh, you know what, bringing him back to TV and have giving him a monster push is the right thing to do. Uh, and then he's dealing with the stuff that emerged this weekend where he was in somebody's DMs. Um, I can't really advocate that, but I can tell you guys that if He's far from the only one. He's far from the only one, and that roster would be depleted, would be non-existent if they kept everybody off TV like that. Ah, oh, man, I just saw something, and it reminded me. I, I meant to have a Haritos up here. I ordered some last week. I know. I saw your tweet. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I need to find out all the things you haven't and haven't had. I yeah, to. I don't think I'm going to judge, uh, take any advice from you as far as food taste or anything. Uh, Jose great. Flores says, as a fellow Mexican, Denise, do you partake in frozen gancitos or intestine tacos? I don't, actually. They gross me out. I don't do it. If it smells nasty, I'm not for it. But I'm a very Fair. picky eater. There'd be a lot of things I don't eat. Yeah, Throwback27 says, the most amazing and worst celebration after a title was here in Boston in 04, where a cop accidentally killed a lady for climbing the green monster structure. Cop used a gas pepper gun. That is horrifying. Horrifying. And Keith Palmer says, wasn't there something with Lars years ago where he made far less than flattering uh, comments about Stephanie McMahon? Yep, same uh, message board stuff. A lot of those comments came from him when I think he was in his teens, maybe early 20s. And he was on a bodybuilding forum and made some comments like that. But, yeah, he made a whole lot of them. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. I know that he, he went and apologized to Matt and Jeff Hardy. I know that was uh, – that's one that I, I know that Matt wouldn't mind me telling you guys. When I, I, I talked to him for an interview, he told me that Lars came up and apologized to him. So 
it's it's how each person individually handles those things because he said a lot of stuff. Uh, AJ Styles said a lot of stuff and then he laughed at it. That was pretty funny. Seth Rollins was out to talk trash. Jeff Hardy made his way out. Poor Jeff. He says, I challenge you all to a triple threat tag team match. And I'm like, ah, Jeff, you've been through a lot of them, buddy. But this ain't one of them. But the match was awesome. You have a good Jeff Hardy impersonation. I I, I felt it. I was like, oh, you know what? I feel Jeff Hardy's in this room right now. I mean, when when I do any of these Southern voices, whether it be Braun or AJ or Jeff Hardy, it's really just me, how I talk when I'm not on camera. And then I just add... Wait, so you have a different voice off camera? Yeah. Oh, I, I did like speech classes to help get rid of my accent as best I could. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I want to hear the real Sean Ross sap one day. Uh, maybe. I mean, by default now, this is pretty much just how I talk. But there are some videos from like 10 years ago where you can tell. And like... I, I don't talk out of like my entire mouth either. That's another thing I went to like speech class and speech therapy for because Wait, do you talk from here or do you talk from your No, bed? no, I mean like part of my mouth closes. I had a jaw injury oh. from MMA and that kind of brings a little bit of an accent out, but I th- like 10 years ago when I started, I got a lot of the oh, you've got a southern accent. That's not good for radio. That's not good for TV. That's not good for shows and all that stuff. So yeah, it worked on a little bit. But, you need to do your L.A. accent. Oh, man. Well, my brother lives in L- or lived in L.A. for like 15, 20 years. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this match, <laughs> though, we, we have a wrestling match to talk about. My God. Um, Styles hit an Ushiguroshi. Rollins hit a dive. Th- there was this Jeff Hardy tornado DDT, and I compared it to like throwing up a three-pointer from 40 feet away. And it's ugly, and then it banks in off the backboard. You're like, okay, that's not what I meant to happen, but it looked good. It ended up being all right. But then Elias shows up and cracks Jeff with a guitar, and AJ wins. This match ruled. What'd you think, Denise? It felt like a pay-per-view level type match. And, uh, you know, having this match right after the Alistair Black-Kevin Owens match, I was like, oh, this feels good. I thought the first two hours of Raw really flew by, and this was part of the reasons why, because we had these really good matches. I loved everything about this, but at the same time, it's like, what do you expect from these guys? Like, all three guys are, you know, top-notch workers, so that's what you would expect from their matches. So uh, so I thought it was really good. I did, too. Uh, I, I glad they did this. This was good stuff. Uh, but then afterward, and, go ahead. Well, what about Elias though? Cause I, I love, I love the fact that Elias came out and, and hit him and hit Jeff Hardy with the chair because I thought that it actually made a lot of sense for him to do that. So I was a fan of that and I, I wasn't even expecting Elias, even though he was announced for the, for the draft pool at the same time, I wasn't expecting him. Yeah. That's the thing. I was, I was like, really? They, they put him in the draft pool. Cause I pay a lot of attention to that stuff. I update the rosters, the injury reports, all that stuff. Quite frankly, four or five times a day, I'm updating that stuff in our resources section. And Elias hasn't been around. And a lot of times, they'll just leave injured people out. Well, Elias is back. And I liked it. He was like, I don't believe that there was some mysterious red-haired man that ran over me. I think it was Jeff that ran over me. It made sense to me, Denise. And that's all I asked for. Make it make sense. He did it. Uh, you guys got to go out of your way to watch this match. This ruled. But even within the context of that, this is no DQ. 
So him showing up and cracking Jeff Hardy with a guitar works for me. It's a, it's a cheap win for AJ. It's an easy way to take a pin for Jeff. You, de- you re-debut Elias. Elias says he's got a new album coming out and is doing a concert next week, Denise. I thought all this was really, really good. Man, he came in with a bang here. New album, upcoming concert. He's doing it. I was a fan of all of this. You know what? I'm excited for this new, well, not new, but this return of Elias. Yeah. Dana and Mandy defeated the Boats. Uh, They have Lana working the lion's share this match. I think that's a good thing. Lana is getting the in-ring reps and working. Mandy did a really weird rolling clothesline. It was like, if you looked at the clothesline that Conan did in the 90s, and you're like, yeah, do that, but just way less good. That's what this was. Um, It was, I think that she'll refine it and be fine, but... Dana wins with a somersault senton off of Mandy Rose's shoulders and wins. It's a good win for them. I didn't think the match was good, but I like the finish and the follow-up. Natalia says she's done, and this isn't working out. Lana is crying in the ring. We will talk more about this later, but Dana and Mandy win. I'm cool with that. They've built some sympathy for Lana over the last few weeks, and I dig that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see the table spot. Well, again, later on when we mention it. But honestly, I I, I feel that with Dana Brooke and with Mandy, they're keeping steady. Like, yeah, this match wasn't that great, but it wasn't bad either. And I like that because at the same time, like you can say like, oh, you know, these, these blonde girls are, you're just not going to expect much sure. from them. But they're going out there and they're having decent matches. And that's all that I can ask for at this point. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I, Lana, as I've said a million times, she's better than people give her credit for. Like, I, I haven't seen her do a lot of stuff in the ring and say, that looks like dog shit. That looks bad. She stays within her depth, and she is perpetually over. For better or for worse, people seem to care about her. We'll talk more about that later. Angel Garza defeated Andrade. I thought this match was way quick, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a quick match like this because we aren't conditioned to think, oh, well, this match is going to last one minute or 15 minutes. It's a little bit in the middle, and they're moving on from each other. I also, one of the things that stood out about this match was their gear. I love the bright, vivid, different gear. Like, one of my favorite eras for gear was like 90, 91, where everything was so bright and colorful, and it wasn't just all black and red and... I thought that was really good. Angel wins with the wing clippers. Zelina's there, says she's obligated to be there uh, because of her managerial contract. What did you think of the match before we get into the finish? I think that they have so much potential, and I've I've said this every week, so I kind of feel like, "Mm," you know, at some point I would have liked to really see that kick off because I think they could have done a whole lot more with Angel Garza and Andrade instead of these, you know, the one million matches that they had with the Street Profits. I thought they could have used, they could have done a lot more with them during their time on Raw. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of Raw, the Fiends music hits, and Alexa Bliss is there in the ring. And she's doing the upside down thing. I thought that was a cool visual. Like she is, awesome. she is playing like the sort of toned down Harley Quinn to Fiend's Joker right now. And obviously, Alexa Bliss has drawn inspiration from that character in the past. She's outright dressed up as her, so it's probably a role that she's digging. 
and they both hit Sister Abigails and Zelina and Andrade. I think Alexa Bliss has a hell of a Sister Abigail. She can do that move. She's been doing it pretty well as of late. Mm -hmm. I really like it when she does it. But here's the thing is that I just like them two together. Like in terms of matching, you know, somebody up, I thought they did a really good job at matching both of them up because they seem to be on the same page and it's working. Everything that they've been doing on SmackDown, all those stare-offs and the let him in and oh, she looks at him and she's in love. Oh, all of that is working for me. Like, I don't know exactly like why it's working for me, but it is working. So I'm a fan of what they're doing. I'm curious to see how it's going to go on Raw, but I guess based off tonight, they're really putting a lot of eggs into this. Uh, Yeah, I would... (laughs) Like, when I look at this, I'm like, man, this is one of the longest they've went without messing up The Fiend in a while. Because <laughs> they always mess him up. They always But it's do like, it. The Fiend is such a complicated character, though. Like, it's so easy to get, you know, booked into a corner with The Fiend. Like, what do you do? Like, you can't always have them, you know, lose. You can't have them win, like, all the time. It, it, it's, I feel like they've gone back and forth with him, really trying to see what they want to do with The Fiend. And so now it's just more like, okay, you want something more from The Fiend. What is it? So now we're getting this thing with Alexa Bliss. and But after that, it's like, okay, where do we go from there? So he's, I think he's a very interesting complex character to really you know build around throwback 27 says who would be the batman to the fiend and uh alexa bliss that's a good question we don't really know yet but based on who we have available who do you think oh that's a good question i'm thinking here who do we have? Let me look at this raw roster here. Yeah. All right, Brand No, not Randy Orton. I'm looking at everybody who got drafted right now. <laughs> the name that popped up, Bat Riddle. That would not be a good that option. Not, not a good option. I mean, even <laughs> even separate of everything, I don't think that'd be a good option. Um, no, I can't think of anyone to be honest. No, not on that raw roster. No, we. I mean, we've yeah. seen the Braun stuff. Um. I think that he and AJ could do some cool stuff together. I'm sure they'll put him with Jeff Hardy and have some really terrible stuff too, though. Oh, boy. George Yammon says, uh, could we see Fiend versus Randy after Hell in a Cell? Yeah, probably. I I don't doubt it. Man, I'm still looking at this roster to try to see if I had a good one. I give up. Kevin Langhoff says, I'm waiting for Alexa to do a mandible claw. That was a great visual with her and the fiend. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she'll adopt that move. The nerd guru says Drew and Charlotte. Yeah. It's possible, I think. Uh, I don't think they mesh well. And uh, the jam one, Ryan B. Jam says, I'll be honest, I have no interest at all in Bliss being with Fiend. To me, Fiend has never needed a sidekick. Colt Wyatt, yes, but not Fiend. I always thought that him with Bo Dallas as like his whipping boy would have been really good. Just like his guy that, that eats strikes and pins and stuff like that. A lot of people saying Keith Lee, I think that's a pretty good one. I think yeah. Keith Lee could be a good one. Benoit Parisi says, cool shirt, Denise. Guava Jarito's rule. Guava. Do you know that like the first couple of years on the podcast, I banned wrestling shirts? Why? Because we had a lot of people bitching about, like, bias and favoritism based on it. Like, you wouldn't believe, like, Anna Bauert would pop up on the show with, like, just a shirt of somebody that probably that she knew personally, 
that was on the show, and people would be like, oh, well, of course she won't criticize. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys. Get... Like if you all say goodbye to your credit card rewards, greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, how many, how many people like will be like, tore me a new one on your show or on Twitter or something. They know it's the gig. They know it's a part of the job. It's subjective entertainment. But yeah, I was like, you know what? We just won't even deal with the headache. We won't have wrestling shirts on. Uh, and then, yeah. There is no fun in that whatsoever. I, well, I, I don't, I don't buy them or wear them, but, um, that other people do. Other people I do. I thought you were going to say, like, not to wear them because they're not, like, professional looking. Because no, I, I got that at one of the old podcasts that I was working on. They were like, oh, you need to dress sexier. And I was coming in with, like, wrestling t-shirts. And I was like, well, it's a wrestling podcast. So, uh, yeah. Well, you're not going to dress any sexier than me, so. That's true. Just kidding. I'm going to win this. Oh, my God. <laughs> or when you're, now that you're you're Sean Salcedo. You might actually have one on me. My God. My God. The Raw Tag Team Titles, I think, New Day defeated Rude and Ziggler. They traded titles with Street Profits. That's because Street Profits get drafted to SmackDown. <sighs> that was a dead giveaway. That was so, fuck, so stupid. It was pointless. I mean, they could have literally waited two hours to do that trade. <laughs> like an hour and a half, maybe. They could have just done it afterwards. It's just so stupid. Oh, man. And Looney Lake is saying, uh, where's Bo Dallas? Is he hurt? Did he fall into a big hole? He took time off last year. He hasn't been, been back yet. But this match was really good. I love the Rude and Ziggler double team move where Rude popped Ziggler up into a fame asser. That was so cool. Woods was on fire. He did the honor roll and did like a two for one. It was like a cannonball drop kick, but he did like that guillotine that Mark Henry used to do where he'd do like a senton to somebody while they're up against the ropes. This was another good match, and maybe they did the the midnight hour like this before, but I don't remember it being called that. It was a backbreaker and a coup de gras, but that's not the midnight hour. That's a different move. The midnight hour is when Big E has a guy up on his shoulder and they do like the face buster with it, but they called that this anyway. So good move, good match. Uh, what'd you think? You know what? I thought that in terms of a match that I wasn't necessarily interested in really seeing that much, I will say that I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. And, um, 
but I think the whole thing, the whole doing the trade, the trade of the ballots before this match really was kind of just like really lazy booking. It was very lazy booking. It didn't need to happen. And it took me out of it a little bit because you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to send the title. They're going to switch these titles just so rude. And, and it was so, yeah, so dumb. Backstage, I thought Ricochet and her business had a really good promo. Ricochet has turned it up on his promos lately. I saw your tweet on that. I didn't feel the same way. Well, that's because you're a like hater, a regular Denise. old promo. I didn't feel anything special out of it. Well, when I saw your tweet, I was like, man, I'm just not seeing things the same way. Well, that's because he's had some really bad promos. Like, could you imagine if he walked Fair up to MVP and he said... You know what? People say that superheroes aren't real, but I'm just a regular guy here to make all of you believe. Those are the promos that he's been cutting in the past. That's true. I'm sure MVP would rip him a new one after that. The stipulation to this match slayed me. The stipulation that they showed on the screen was, if Ricochet wins, the Hurt Business leaves him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is the point, right? I know. It's just like... If Ricochet wins, Cedric has to stop throwing paper wads at him in the middle of class. And I'm just like, come on. But uh, this match ruled. It was awesome. We saw those glimpses of Ricochet. When you saw it, you'd be like, man, he's the most unbelievable guy in wrestling. And you don't really see that much anymore because he's working a certain style. I am always happy to see a Cedric match if it features one of those sweet Michinoku drivers. And it did. But this match ended in a DQ three days after what would have been Eddie's uh, 53rd birthday. We see Ricochet pulling an Eddie Guerrero on Cedric. How do you feel about that? Do you think it was? Do you think homage or ripoff? No, I think homage. And the fact that the commentary even made a mention to it, I thought was nice. And you know, Vicky just said three days after you know his passing anniversary. So I um so I mean sorry his birthday. So like. I like the idea that they did this and I thought the match was fun. And at the same time, it's Ricochet. It's Cedric Alexander. I think you know what type of match you're going to get with this. I would have been pissed if it would have been any other type of match. So the fact that they actually gave the fans what they wanted, you know, actually works. Evan Wright says, nothing like booking your baby face like his mom called him in the office and make sure the bullies stop picking on her son. Good stuff, pal. Hard to disagree there, but this did have a little bit of stakes to it, and I thought the the work and the promos were pretty good. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat, get your question or statement read on the air. You can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I do a Q&A there every week. I do an NXT AEW review there every week. I do a backstage report podcast there every single week with exclusive news. It's a good time, and hey, maybe you miss Alex Palowski on these reviews. Well, he reviews Raw and SmackDown all on his own, and that's in addition to all the great exclusive news. But that's not the only show I'm on every week. I'm doing a new show with Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes every Monday uh, over there, Monday Night Live. Make sure you guys check that out. Isaac Merriweather goes back to the uh, Rude Ziggler thing, and he says, Fantasy booking. James Storm debuts, and Rude screws over Dolph the way that Cody Rhodes screwed over Hardcore Holly way back in the day to team with Ted DiBiase. The way that happened was that Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to have a mystery partner to take on Cody and Hardcore Holly, and Cody was the mystery partner turned on Ted DiBiase. I think that was good. Terry Allen Jr. says, Denise and her fiancé need rest after a horrible crash. 
Yeah, we got two days of rest, which was nice. But definitely more rest would be good. But next week, I'm doing a little road trip. So it might be a good time to, you know, just lay out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Where are you going? <laughs> Santa Barbara. It's just an okay. hour away. Okay. Well, we had a top contender battle royal match. Here's a fun stat for you. Tamina has had nine matches this year. Six have been title matches or top contender matches. Uh, they do the old Tamina Naya showdown. I am done with those. We have seen like seven of them. Do you remember when she compared herself to HBK and Undertaker and all those face-offs and like Hogan Andre, Hogan Rock? I don't remember that. Oh, I, I don't ret- think I want to remember that. <laughs> I retweeted it. And I didn't realize that Alex Pawlowski had written an article three years ago about it. And it was titled, Tamina thinks she's the equivalent of Hogan or Andre is delusional. <laughs> That's really bad. Not the headline, but the fact that oh, she said that. Yeah. That's really bad. Uh, Matt Scales says, thank you for everything, uh, you guys. SRS, my FTF shirt finally arrived today. Australia is behind the FTF movement. I encourage you guys, go to everything that WrestleTalk does, everything that WrestleTalk or their personalities tweet, and just type in hashtag FTF. They'll love it. Anyway, top contender battle royal. Uh, Naya throws out a lot of people. Billy, Tamina, Mandy, Dana. Shayna then eliminates Naya, which leads to Naya flipping out and putting Lana through a table. And I didn't think it was going to happen tonight. I know. I was expecting it to happen after the Natalia split, Denise. Were you yeah, shocked when it didn't? It there. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, all right, they're not doing it. And I thought, oh, maybe it's because, you know, everybody's catching on to this and people are, you know, making all of these theories and speculations and they don't want to have that. So I was like, all right, we're not going to see it anymore. It's done with. We're moving on. I was wrong. Natalia then eliminates Peyton Royce. Lacey tosses Nikki. Bianca does the double chicken wing and tosses Shayna out. And Riot Squad eliminate Bianca. I like that it took more than one person to toss out Bianca. It makes her look a little bit stronger. Lacey and Natalia eliminate Riot Squad at the same time. And really at this point, I was just kind of like fart noises. I don't really care if either one of these two win. Yeah. And Natalia held on. And she's celebrating. But Lana appears and tosses her out. And I gotta admit... I loved this. I popped for this. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it made sense. Lana ain't winning next week. We all know she ain't winning next week. But none of these women were going to win next week. So I'd rather it be Lana. I'm all for this. I felt bad when Natalia won and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. Because like you said, like I, I really wasn't invested. I think if anything, I would have preferred to see Lacey just because at least it's a little bit different from what we've been seeing. So I was like, all right, whatever. But then when the Lana thing happened, and it was funny because I was already setting up for this podcast. I was like already starting to turn my lights on. And then I saw and I was like, what? I was like, oh man, I completely forgot about Lana. And so that was actually a fun little, swor- no, I don't know want to call it a sore ending whatever it was good i liked it so uh <laughs> lana pops up and eliminates natalia i thought it was good i hated that the that they interrupted that this for the brawl but i mean i guess they're not going to close with natalia winning a battle royal but you know what denise sometimes you got to take on all comers you know what i mean i don't know what you mean <laughs> 
sometimes sometimes you got to take on all comers you got to withstand sometimes you break some tables some backboards really anything what i don't know where you're going with this i don't know i just <laughs> backboards tables Either you're about to go into a Bluetooth read and you're going to get into some very, very hardcore I mean, stuff, or what are we doing here? I mean, you know, they say Lana is the best. Lana number one, right? Is that is that right? the, the popular Lana saying? Lana number one? Yes, it's the same. <laughs> you're throwing me off here, Denise. <laughs> is it my face? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's definitely your face that's throwing me off. I'm uh, not looking. <laughs> Did it help? I, I'm just saying. Sometimes you 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 go through a bit of a losing streak, Denise. Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes you're looking at the lights, and and the match didn't go quite the way that you wanted. You're looking at the lights. You're you're on your back. Your your performance just isn't there, Denise. And Lana went through that. But you know what she did? What'd she do? Well, I, I'm pretty sure she didn't take Blue Chew because she's a woman, but she enhanced her performance. She enhanced her performance like you can enhance your penis when you use BlueChew.com and use that code Fightful. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But you can be the best. You can be number one. You can be, Whether you're Russian or whatever, you can be a bit ravishing. You know what I'm saying? Subscribed online, shipped straight to your door, and it's discreet. It's very discreet. So that way, when you get an erection, your mailman is not going to know that you ordered BlueChew.com code Fightful. Your mailman might say, man, that dude's wife, that dude's husband, that, that dude's boyfriend, girlfriend girlfriends boyfriends they seem awful happy coming out of that house i wonder what's coming out of them to make them feel so happy well it's bluechew.com and that code fightful that's what it is i'm I'm just gonna be honest with you guys this is gonna make your penis very effective in the bedroom when you're doing sex stuff sex related stuff that's what you call it these days. That's what you call it any and every day when you use BlueChew.com. It's it's ready when you are, and if you're not ready, it gets you there. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. It's prescribed online. Like I said, it strips straight. It it ships straight to your door. I, I almost said strips straight to your door. If the mailman gets a load of what you're ordering, then the mailman's going to be stripping right straight to your door. He's going to be like, I can't get these shorts and this hat and this knapsack off quick enough to find out what the big deal is with blue chew and let me tell you you'll show them a big deal you're not going to be a seventh round draft pick anymore you're going to be first overall bluechew.com code fightful use that code fightful get your first shipment free the first shipment free just pay five dollars shipping hit them up at blue chew let them know you heard about them from us Brett J. Rasmussen said, was there anything on Raw you thought was absolute pants? Did you think anything was pants on this show, Denise? What am I missing? Pants. Uh, I thought some of the draft picks were pants. 
That means lame. Oh, you don't I know assume. that one? Yeah, lame. Yeah, lame pants. Yeah, there, Sam, there wasn't a lot on this show that I thought was pants. Then I thought it was a pretty good show, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought it was okay. Thought it was pretty good. And Evan Wright says, and if you don't want a job out in the bedroom, hmm. yeah. well, we did have the draft. Uh, but hey, we do have some super chats from that that main event. August 3 said, WWE suddenly lost the ability to build women with all the hot shotting of unworthy challengers. We complain about AEW's women's division, but when yours is stacked and you do this, it's a shame. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it at all. It's to set up a title match next week. Asuka will win it. Lana is going to get a quick match, and the nerd guru says, who are they trolling? Is Lana going to lose in five minute, five seconds next week? Were we being worked the whole time? I don't know if we were being worked the whole time, but... I don't mind this. Like, it's not supposed to be Hogan and Andre next week. It's supposed to be Asuka versus Lana. And it's a battle royal. Sometimes you need to fulfill that perception, Denise, that really anybody can win these battle royals. Especially when Uh, you tell us that all the time. She deserves it at this point. How many times has she gone through that table? Four, five times? I don't even know anymore. Come on, give her a shot. Uh, somebody asked, or podcast was 2010 says, do you have any info on an Eva Marie return? Not a bit, just that she hasn't wrestled in four years. Uh, throwback 27 says, how does it make sense when you take Lana out for the fourth week in a row? She gets pinned, then wins a title shot. Shows they have nothing to give Asuka to make her title run strong right now. It's, it's, I, I agree with that. I see what you mean, but it's tossing somebody over a top rope on like a fluke. So I don't have a problem with that. Like, I remember when I wrestled, there would be people that were honest to God in battle royals. Like, I'm not getting thrown out. And I'm like, it's a freaking battle royal. Like, you're falling over the top rope. That happens to 29 people every January. And it happens to happens to 58 people now. Now that the women have a battle royal, it's not a big deal. You're not getting pinned. You're not getting submitted. I, I don't have a problem with it, really. But I do agree with the sense with who else is there really besides prior to this draft that was really a big contender for Asuka. There hasn't really been much of anyone to really be, you know, like he said, strengthening her as a champion. Uh, You know, we all thought we might have seen Bianca Belair in that photo, but because we knew she wasn't going to win and they didn't want to strip Asuka of the belt, then they didn't go with that. And so now who knows what's going to happen with this, you know, now after post-draft. But prior to this, there really wasn't anybody for Asuka. And it doesn't really feel like there, I mean, who knows what can happen next week. But eh, it doesn't kind of feel like there's a lot of options. Trevor L. says, come for the news or news. Stay for the Blue Chew ads. Hashtag FTF. Thank you very much. And Jaime Aguilar says, no Alexa, Nikki, or Zelina in the Women's Battle Royal. Nikki Cross was in it. Um, after they were on the graphic all night, I, yeah, I don't have an answer for Alexa and Zelina. Uh, the Nerd Guru says, shocked they didn't send Charlotte in. Any update on her? If we have an update on her, it is in the injury report section of Fightful. We do not have an uh, injury update on her. Uh, August 3 says, best heel in the business, WWE booking. If you told me Denise was challenging Asuka for the title, i believe it and say she has a better chance than anyone that they have on the roster. I would. The DWO is coming for you. Oh my gosh. Guys, we are hitting the draft portion of this review. Donate a super chat, your question or statement read on the air. First round. Well, actually, pre first round. Last week they had said, oh, well, the people that aren't drafted on Friday, they go into a free agent pool. Well, that's not the case, Denise. 
because every free agent besides Mickey James got drafted. Lince Dorado and Metalik go to Raw. Gable goes to SmackDown as draft picks. Huh? I mean, I'm not surprised. I think we all Me saw either. that coming. Me either. It's well, no, I thought that Chad Gable was going to NXT. Oh yeah, I did think that too. Actually, they should have done that. But I, I almost feel like the whole thing with NXT, like they, I felt like even though they didn't mention it, I felt like the tease was still there. Like people maybe had hopes, and so at some point, I was expecting for some sort of NXT announcement, and it never happened. So I will say I'm a little let down in that sense because I was thinking that it was going to happen. It was one of my predictions. So the Fiend, Randy Orton, Charlotte to Raw. The only real change there is the Fiend going to Raw. I think that's good. They tried him on SmackDown. It was it was okay for a while, but uh, I think that a three-hour show actually works better for the Fiend. You've got more stuff you can weave in and out. What did you think of them going to Raw? Oh, man. Well, the Fiend def- Raw really needed it because for night one of the draft, there were really no major changes other than AJ Styles going on over to Raw. There was really nothing new for Raw, nothing major. So it really felt like they needed somebody. So I think the Fiend was a good option, especially because it kind of feels like they were running out of things to do with him on SmackDown. And now with this whole you know thing that he's doing with Alexa Bliss, it could fit in well with Raw and just kind of you know really kick it off differently so i'm excited to see what they're going to be doing here because yeah raw needed it smackdown gets the street profits and bailey bailey really nothing to add but the street profits over on smackdown i think they they needed a change of scenery they needed a change of scenery because they had wrestled every team on raw to the point to where i i don't want to say i was sick of seeing them but it's like, oh, uh, well, you just know how their booking is going to be on Raw. It's going to be the same thing over and over again. This is much needed. I love them as first-round picks. It makes them look important, and it makes SmackDown look smart by being like, all right, we're, we got to get tag titles on this show. Yeah, definitely. I'm just wondering who the heck are – who are they going to face, though, for those tag titles? Who's going to really challenge them? Oh, well, they've, they've got teams over there now. they got the Mysterios. they got. They got Rude and Ziggler, and they got Cesaro and Nakamura over there. So there's four teams that are over there right now. It's looking a little bit better, but I feel like, okay, like Ray and Dom, I don't know. I mean, that will be a new direction for them to freshen things up. Shinsuke and Cesaro, uh, we've really already seen that. So, eh. SmackDown gets Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan already over there. Kevin Owens, again, needs something new. He has been 50-50'd and just... Meh, I think it's good. He should be on SmackDown. He's away from The Fiend now, but he's not away from Aleister Black, which we'll talk... We can talk about that now. Aleister Black in, like, the sixth round goes, which is weird that he got taken after, like, Daba Kato and Lacey Evans, but they're they're probably going to continue what they're doing on SmackDown. Yeah, definitely. And I, Alistair Black was one of my predictions where I felt like he was going to go with SmackDown. And eh, I just kind of, that was like one of my predictions. Raw got a big haul. They got Braun Strowman. Who could have guessed that Braun was going to Raw, Denise? I don't know. They got Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. Matt Riddle's got his issues right now. Jeff Hardy has proven valuable. And Braun Strowman at one point, I thought was going to be the guy. These are three guys who have seen better days, but all have some value. 
Yeah, I can definitely see Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre at some point. Uh, Matt Riddle, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him. If it's if the stuff that's going on his outside life is going to affect, you know, what we're seeing in the ring, which I doubt it. But mm, well, you never know there. Uh, Jeff Hardy, definitely, he needed a definitely a change of scenery, like you just said. He's one of those people where I think that going to Raw will really feel fresh for him. Yeah, I don't think that uh, much of it will be affected for Matt Riddle since WWE got named in that lawsuit as well. I think they're probably going to back him as a result. Uh, Colt Bedeau says, interesting, a lot of Heyman guys from Raw are on SmackDown now. Yeah, but it's it's a coincidence. I mean, there were a lot of Heyman guys. Basically, everybody that was not used on SmackDown in 2019 became a Heyman guy on Raw in 2020. Uh, Anakin JMT says, as best you can figure, did the tag titles just swap names but keep their lineage? Or did New Day and uh, Street Profits relinquish their titles and pick up other ones? May As best I can tell, they just traded titles. Um, this was weird, Denise, and I feel bad for the people running Wikipedia right now. But it's funny because I saw a few people saying like, oh, they should just trade the bouts. They should just trade the bouts. And But then afterwards when you start thinking and like the question that we just got asked right now, it's like, yeah, well, what does this mean for, you know, like you just said, the people that keep track of all of, you know, the lineage and everything. I don't know because at first I didn't really see it that way at first. I was like, okay, it's just a trade, whatever. But now I'm asking myself all these questions and it ain't making sense. And like, is that a new title reign for Street Profits and and – New Day? It's so confusing. Evan Wright says, Wish Gable got drafted to AEW or New Japan. Don't we all? <laughs> uh, Anakin says, How would you rank this draft compared to last ones? Well, it ain't better than the first one ever because the first one was the first one. I don't think it was better than 2016. I think it was a lot better than last year's, though. I thought last year's was not that great. I remember the big thing was that I think it was Umberto that was like a controversial. He hadn't even debuted yet or something. I don't even remember. The point is that I just remember it being very controversial. So I'm going to say that maybe this year was a little bit more thought out in terms of like rankings and who gets chosen before who. Although not all of it came out perfect. Corey the Prankster says, SmackDown is weak now. We need Becky, Ronda, Eva Marie, and AJ Lee. AJ Lee ain't coming back, and don't nobody need Eva Marie. I'll tell you that right now. I was going to say that, but I felt like I was going to be awful. And then when you said I was like, oh, thank God, he said it. I mean, listen, I wish her nothing but luck, and I hope that if she's coming back, she's doing something she's good at. You're not going to sit here and tell me that she loves the wrestling business when she left or got fired from WWE four years ago and hasn't worked a one match since then. You're not going to tell me that. I hear that about so many people from that era that left WWE, and how many matches have we seen them work in that period? And not a one. Not a one. So you're not going to, nobody's going to be able to tell me that, oh, maybe she improved. She couldn't have been much worse than what she was. Well, here's the thing, too, is that they have so many women right now, especially, you know, in NXT, where they can definitely be utilized, you know, for a spot that somebody like even Eva Marie, Eva Marie comes back and she takes a spot that could have been easily for somebody else who may have, you know, added more to that role. Imagine if they released Sarah Logan and Deanna Perrazzo and sent Ember Moon back to NXT, but they got Eva Marie wrestling. Hey, if it's her pretending to 
to, to wrestle and oh well she's walking down the ramp but won't wrestle and then gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble in three seconds whatever I don't care but like nobody's gonna tell me oh she needs to be no she doesn't need to be on any roster yeah the nerd it's not guru- like a Mickey James return where it's like oh like this is cool the nerd guru says face KO versus heel Roman is Wrestlemania worthy I don't think it is right now I think they got a heat Kevin Owens back up. He is a far cry from him beating Seth Rollins at this year's WrestleMania. Um, We get Retribution, not with Mercedes Martinez, going to Raw. The Jam on Ryan B. Jam says no Mercedes in the graphic for Retribution after being drafted. Uh, She is, as of right now, done with them. And, yeah, done with them. Keith Lee, Alexa Bliss go to Raw. Keith Lee, he's already there. Uh, Alexa Bliss going to Raw. That's good. She can be with The Fiend. Make sense of them drafting Retribution. Really? It I didn't feel like it. No, <laughs> no, I mean, try to make sense of it. It didn't make sense. I feel like there should be that one person where Raw and SmackDown are like, we don't want this person. Mm-hmm. We don't want Retribution coming over here and causing all this drama in our house. Like, no. Uh, I thought Retribution should have been... It's just weird. Like, why... I mean, it's the whole thing. Like, why would they get a WWE contract when they're causing all this wreckage? And then when they want to, you know, destroy the company or whatever. And then now they're getting drafted to Raw. It's like, okay, we love them having them here. So it doesn't really play very well with their roles. So that did not really make a lot of sense to me. Alexa Bliss, after, you know, hearing that The Fiend was going to to Raw, Alexa Bliss was predicted. King Corbin, for some reason, I I thought they were going to move on over to Raw. Uh, Keith Lee, I'm happy he's staying at Raw because he still needs, we need him on Raw, let's be real, because there isn't very many, you know, top, top, top guys. So I think Keith Lee could definitely be one of them. And then uh, Laura Sullivan to SmackDown. Mm. Yeah. I think they should have not drafted Retribution. Then they show up next week, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got signed to Raw contracts. And people are like, who the hell signed them to Raw contracts? Who's behind this? Who's helping them? Who's helping them do this stuff? We thought we got rid of them just by not drafting them. It it would be too easy to do. Be too easy to do. And Evan Wright says, I would have popped hard for Retribution coming out in their bright red Raw shirts after being drafted. (laughs) Go Raw. Yay. Oh, man. Keith Palmer says, when Eva Marie left, she was greener than the Velocity set. My God. My God. Uh, We've got Elias, Lacey Evans, and Sheamus to Raw. These are all former SmackDown wrestlers. SmackDown just keeps Cesaro, Nakamura, and Zayn. We ain't even got to talk about that. But Lacey Evans to Raw, it seems like she's going to switch every single time because I don't know if she'll be what they want her to be and they won't book her to be what they want her to be. Sheamus to Raw follows Jeff Hardy, so I just know we're going to get five more Jeff Hardy-Sheamus matches on Raw and we'll hear whoever's doing commentary. Oh, they had their issues on SmackDown, but now they're they're reigniting them here on Raw. Oh, Okay. Elias, sure. I'll see what he can do. What do they want with Lacey Evans? He said you're, they don't that you're not getting what she want from her. They keep they keep hot shotting her into angles, but they won't they won't give her a consistent story. It's just like, oh, here she is. She's an asshole. Oh, here she is. She's a Southern Belle. Oh, here she is. She's a former Marine. Now cheer or boo her accordingly instead of adding any depth to her. 
Yeah, I see what you mean. And it's almost like they haven't really pulled the plug with her. And the thing about Lacey Evans is I remember like when she first came on board, like, oh my gosh, she got so much hate. Even I did. I was like, oh, I'm not feeling Lacey Evans. But now she has developed so much. And I think she has some of the best like uh, mic skills like for the women on, you know, Bra and SmackDown. She's very, very good. So I, I would like, I'm happy that she's on Raw. Nikki Cross, Daba Kato, R-Truth to Raw. And they say, oh, this is great. They picked up the 24-7 title. It's the 24-7 title. It can be defended anywhere. Doesn't matter where it is. But the biggest pick of the draft, Apollo Crews is going to SmackDown. No more Hurt Business Apollo Crews storylines. Throwback 27 sent a big super chat that I've been waiting to get to until now. He says, with half these storylines that's like a broken record keep playing out, what new stories, rivalries, and matches are you guys looking forward to post-draft? Who do you think will be the steal of the draft? Uh, I think that Aleister Black and Carmella, as late as they went, will be steals. But I'm excited for Apollo versus absolutely anybody else. But I'm actually excited for Hurt Business and Retribution. How about you, Denise? I would say uh, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles is something that I'm looking forward to. Oh, man, that would be good. That would be really good. And I feel like that's the most obvious one, and it's the one that I felt was going to happen. Like, that's the reason why my prediction was AJ Styles to Raw, and I was 100% sure. So I wasn't surprised when he went over to Raw because I was 100% sure that it was happening. Uh, But that's still the one that I'm looking forward to. Anakin JMT says, Sheamus to Raw kills my hopes for a bar reunion. That was Sheamus' best run, in my opinion. I agree. I think Sheamus was best in a tag team with Cesaro. I hated that it ended. They had great stuff. Just amazing work. Uh, Rude Ziggler. <laughs> Rude and Ziggler go over to SmackDown. I think that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Then we kind of wrap up the TV portion of the draft. Peyton Royce, Titus, Tazawa to Raw. Crucial for Raw to get Titus O'Neil since they drafted him last year and he wrestled Two matches on the show, not including Raw Underground. Two matches on the show, Denise. Yeah. And Tazawa and Our Truth must continue. Fun. Uh, Peyton Roy staying. I mean, same thing. So I just didn't really feel there were very many big changes for Raw. A lot of the same faces. Alistair Black and Carmella go to SmackDown. Carmella's been off TV for a while, but she was already on SmackDown. But she's a heel now, so we'll see that. Alistair Black to SmackDown. It's good, but Kevin Owens is there, so we're probably just going to see a lot of that. I wouldn't mind it, though. I mean, the stuff they have been doing was great, but yeah, maybe like in the 10th time, I'm not going to be as interested anymore. And then afterwards on Raw Talk, Raw got Lana, Riddick Moss, and Arturo Huas. Well, Riddick ain't going to be around for a while. He hurt his knee. Arturo ain't going to be around because they don't use him. And Lana, sure. But SmackDown had a real nice one. Natalia and the Riot Squad. You've got to round out that women's division. You got three pretty solid ones to support Bailey, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Carmella. When you add Natalia and Riot Squad to that, that's seven. And then you've got Tamina, or you've got Nia Jax and Shayna, technically, because of the tag titles. That's pretty solid. Like, almost everybody can do something there. Yeah, I like that. Good switch-ups. So here are the free agents, as far as I know. 
Andrade, Eric of the Viking Raiders, Billy Kay, uh, Tamina, and Zelina, and then uh, Mickey James, who is also hurt. So you got six free agents out there. I'm sure they'll f- cook up something for them. I think Billy Kay can be a great comedy wrestler. Andrade, there's value in him. Tamina, she yeah. have, have, her, have her show up in the Battle to- Royals. I would like to see Zelina in SmackDown just to switch it up. Um, but then, oh, I don't know. She'd be good either way, either or. Andrade, I have a feeling he's going to SmackDown. Yeah, I think that'd work better. Uh, Jaime Aguilar says, any chance Andrade and Zelina go back to NXT? Both being undrafted is nuts. Yes, that is nuts. Uh, especially considering they were both drafted last year. Do you think that that could happen at all? Well, considering the fact that they were the focal point at, like, the whole start of this, like, WWE COVID period is pretty shocking. Uh, Going to NXT, I don't know because there was other people that would have expected to go to NXT before them. You know, Chad Gable being one of them. So if they were to go to NXT, I would be pretty shocked. Honestly, I would be shocked. Evan Wright says, Andrade, back to LIJ. Book the flight, Vince, as if. Uh, guys, we do the Listen Your Boy every Wednesday afternoon. That is our new show. After AEW and NXT, we have Robert DeFelice, Mr. Warren Hayes, and Alex Pawlowski reviewing Raw or reviewing AEW and NXT. Go over there, leave thumbs ups, subscribe, all that stuff. Post SmackDown, plenty of stuff. Also, check out all the great content Shaquille Majuri is doing on YouTube.com slash FightfulMMA and FightfulMMA.com. But Denise, you got a lot of stuff going on too. Yes, please go to my channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. There's always a bunch of stuff. New interviews this week with Thunder Rosa, Miro. Check those out. They were really, really fun. Just different types of interviews. If you guys are interested on like hearing like entertainment type-ish stuff, go check those out. And then um, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. On Twitter, I'm almost at 10,000 followers. It's so annoying that I'm not there yet. So help me get there. Uh, almost there at underscore Denise Salcedo. And then, uh, yeah, check me out on Wednesdays on F4W Online with Speak Now Pro Wrestling at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. I hit 57,000 followers this weekend. I saw. I hate you. You saw, did you? See that little 57K up there? I saw. I saw. I, I went on your page for something. I don't even know what I, I, don't even know what I was doing on your page. To but admire I me. And to, I saw 57K, and I was like, curse the day Sean Ross Sapp was born. To admire my work, my stick to I had people on Impact, I had one person in Impact say, man, how'd you get so many followers so fast? And I said, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I guess you could say that I'm just, I guess you could say that I'm sick with it. Until next time, we're out! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.